Hello and welcome to a new episode of Badminton Science. I'm your host Robert Johnson and in this week's episode we are going to talk about the world championships that were held last week in Copenhagen, Denmark. So let's get started. So I had the opportunity to be in in Denmark for the final day so, so on Sunday I was uh, I was in the arena and I, I'm just gonna have to say that it was uh, it was awesome there's nothing much to say about it it's except that it's it was awesome uh, and not just the, the badminton matches that I got to see the whole arena the whole atmosphere um, the whole event in itself was <coughs> It was just so well done by uh, BWF and Badminton Denmark. It's um, yeah, it, it was a fantastic event in all um, in all ways. I just have to say. And um, the only thing I can complain about is is that of course you didn't get to bring your own food or drinks into the arena, which is kind of basic and and very usual. But the prices in the arena and uh, um, the food that you could could get was not. It, it could have been better in uh, in the sense of the restaurants and cafes in the arena. Uh, for instance, you couldn't even buy a cup of coffee, or at least I couldn't find one. So um, so that was a bit annoying. But um, you know, when we got to the to the arena, we we um, uh, went up the stairs to stand in line for our section. Um, you know there was a bit of a line but it, the staff were awesome they they made it very smoothly and it, it went by really quickly i mean we 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 stood there maybe five ten minutes it wasn't that long so um so they were really efficient with that so that's something i really enjoy the um, temperature in the arena was also very good it wasn't um you know, sometimes it can be a bit cold in the beginning, and then it gets warmer and warmer throughout the day. This time it was um, it was good from the beginning to the end. Maybe it, it got a bit hot in um, during the last match, but it, at the same time, it uh, that might come with an explanation later. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm really uh, really happy with everything. So that was the boring part about about this podcast, just uh, talking about how it was to, to get there. But I, I want to really give my compliments to, to the people who arranged the whole thing. It was an awesome experience. Now, uh, and I also I have to say that the, the seats were really comfortable, <laughs> which is uh, something I just have to have to say as well. But let's get into the finals. I'm going to do it in the order of, of, uh, of the matches that were played. And of course, they, they started with the mixed doubles. And I predicted that Sheng Wei and Wang um, Yaxiong would win. They were in the finals, which I was not surprised about. I thought that it, they would be against, um, or that the pair that won the semi finals against Sheng Wang and uh, I forgot the, the other pair, but the other pair from China um, who beat uh, Christiansen and Boye. I think I, I thought that the, the pair that wins that match will win the, the whole tournament. 
I was wrong, to say the least. So first of all, the match was great. Uh, I don't think that Shang didn't, yeah, he didn't come up to his to his best level. And the Koreans were playing so good, like they, uh, they were wall basically. They were so good, and uh, it was a very well deserved win for them. I thought, however, in the second game that Sheng and Wang played great, and that they, uh, you know, I felt that Sheng was a bit off in the beginning, but I think that in the second game, like he was playing so good, and I thought, okay, so now it's now it's gonna. Yeah, now they're gonna win. They're gonna dominate the third game, and it's gonna be easy for them. Uh, that did not happen. Instead, they were down fifteen-seven in the third game, and I thought that okay, it's over. It's definitely over. The Koreans are just on an, on another level, basically. But it was almost almost a comeback, and of course they lost twenty-one eighteen in the third game, and just. As usual, per, uh, in the mixed doubles category, it's um, the level of play, the the rallies are are just so great to watch. It's um, it's a category where you really can fall in love with badminton, and I think that if if you're new to badminton and you're looking um, and you want to like experience the the best of badminton or the best that badminton has to offer, it's uh, mixed doubles you should watch. Um, yeah, it was it was just so good. <laughs> I am kind of missing words, but um, yeah. So that was a good start for the Korean player Siu Sung Jae, who uh, who was also going to play in the men's doubles later that day against the Danish pair of Kim Astrup and Anders Skarp Rasmussen. But after the thriller of, of mixed doubles, it was time for women's doubles, and I predicted from the start that um, Shen and yeah, from China would win. Um, before, yeah, I just have said that in, when you get to the tournament, there, there are some magazines that they have laid out where they kind of, you know, they, they write a bit about who are the favorites to win. And um, um, yeah, so they have like four players or pairs from each category, which are the favorites to, to win. And um, let me just say that the Korean pair in the mixed doubles final were not on that list. It was uh, the other Chinese pair, Fang and Wang. The um, Wang Dongping, you know, they won, uh, or she won the Olympic Games. And then you have the the pair from Thailand, who were the previous world number ones uh, and previous world champions as well. And then of course Sheng Shui and Wang Yashong. And Yuta Watanabe and Arisa Higashino. So I thought that it, the the last two pairs I, I mentioned would be in the finals, but anyways, yeah, let's let's not get get too too much into that. So instead of women's doubles, and of course I've said that I was thinking that Chen and Ya would win, um, and that they would face a Korean pair in the finals. Now, that's kind of a basic thing to say. You know, they have their the previous three three-time world champions, former Olympic champions. No, sorry, I read it wrong. Uh, they um, um, they they were going for their fourth women's doubles title, and um, they were up against a pair that which I, you know, they were not on my radar at all. They um, 
I, I, I think Eastern must have missed them because they, um, of course, they were playing better than I think that, um, you know, I thought it was going to be the, the seeding was basically going to stand. But yeah, so the, the Indonesian pair of Ahayu and Ramad Hanti were up against Shenaya um, uh, in the final. And I, um, I was expecting some awesome, some, some awesome rallies. And, um, you know, I think the Indonesian pair, they were really deserving of a, a title shot. Uh, however, I think that um, the results were not uh, equal to my experience in the arena. I think that the Chinese pair were so much in control uh, from the start to the end that it was um, it was never really any doubt in my mind that they would win. And of course, they they did it and they won. I think that the sportsmanship was great, and I really liked. Um, I don't remember which one she is, but uh, there's one of the Indonesian players who's, who's always smiling and I think she, she just has a great attitude and um, um, yeah, it was really really nice to watch. But of course the, the Chinese pair, they were, were really deserving of, of the title. Now, if we move on to the next match, and this is a category which I've been really getting my uh, attention lately, uh, and it's women's singles. Uh, which um, kind of had a. I was not expecting the the final to be um, the way that it was, so I predicted that Ansi Young would win, and I predicted that she would play against. Uh, I think I said Tai Su Ying in the final, and uh, Ansi Young was in the final, but she was not playing Tai Su Ying, and here's the same thing that uh, we saw in the mixed doubles. The player in the final were not on the list of, of uh, potential gold medal winners. Carolina Marin, the former Olympic and world champion. Uh, you know, they, Ansi Jung and uh, Carolina Marin, they are both players with uh, a lot of speed, a lot of power. They're really physical players. And uh, of course, Ansi Jung, like she has been... Uh, so dominant during this last year she's been she's been the best player in the world of course but winning the title and being the best in the world you know being consistent and winning the tournaments or at least doing well in tournaments and then winning the big title is is uh, something else we've seen it with the uh, you know Lee Chong Wei who who played a lot of tournaments he won so many tournaments but, but he could never win the world championship final or the olympic final for that um, yeah, he just couldn't do it. So I, I wasn't sure, like, can Ansi Young stand the pressure? You know, she's playing against a, a player who's got a lot of experience, who's um, who's won uh, big matches, big titles <coughs> previously, uh, and who's used to pressure, basically. But um, the match started, of course, it started. And, uh, you know, Ansi Young got off to a great start. And I thought, okay, so this, this game is over even before the 11 break. But some, somehow, Carolina Marine got back in, in, the, uh, in the set and she, she played really well and she, got a, she recovered her, her scoreline score a bit, uh, quite a lot actually, before the 11 break. But then after the 11 break, I don't know what happened, you know, Ansi Jung just 
took over completely and uh, didn't make any mistakes. They didn't give Carolina Marin anything to to work with. It was um, it was just one of the most solid performances I've I've seen in a in a World Championship final. It was just straight through. And uh, I think that it's uh, it's because the the speed and the explosiveness and the yeah, deceptions, like everything in Ansiung's game, was just on point. There was nothing like she she didn't show any weakness whatsoever. Um, like yeah, she was just uh, brilliant, I have to say. But then so so the first game is over, and then we in the second game we see a similar story in the before the eleven break. You know, Ansiung gets gets a great start leading with uh, a lot of points I don't remember exactly the scoreline but she was leading quite a lot but then on uh, Carolina Marine gets back in in the in the set and it's 10 all and uh, you know, Carolina Marine uh, deceives Anse Jung and um, and Anse Jung just plays the shots with which um, you know it's it's uh, it looks like like she's so off balance she uh, she's just lucky that the shuttle gets over the net and then uh, Carolina Marine misses. So 11-10 to, um, to Anse Jung and from there on it was just it was amazing how, how well she played. She she took after break you know, she, it was 10 straight points to Anse Jung winning 21-10 and um, yeah, I was just not expecting her to be so good and, and to play so good in a world championship final against a former champion it was, um, yeah, I really think that this is a player we will see in so many finals. I think that she, uh, if she just keeps keeps going the way that she's right now, it's she's probably going to be one of the greatest players to ever play this sport, I think. And um, she has a lot of fans as well, and I understand why. She is, uh, she's a really cool player. So, um, so yeah, that was the way, well, uh, the women's singles, and um, uh, of course, a, a part of me was rooting for Carolina Marina because, um, of course, European player, and I'm from Europe, so I was kind of hoping, but I'm I'm really happy with uh, it was uh, well deserved for Ansiung to to win the title, and of course, after the women's singles, we head over to the men's singles, which is um, you know. I was not expecting that either. I thought that when I looked at the quarterfinals, I think I was um, I was very confident that uh, that Sen would get to the final and that he was gonna win. Of course, I was really surprised when he lost to Pranoy, even though Pranoy is the player to to do this kind of. Um, like I think they call him the giant killer or the giant slayer or something. I don't remember exactly what they call him, but you know he he's been beating the great players at um, at various various times in his career, and you know to beat Victor Axelsen on you know when he's playing so good at Axelsen's home court, it's um, it was something else. You know he was playing so good, and he has such a he's just such a dangerous player, and I think that. Uh, Axelsen also felt a lot of pressure and um, and just like lost his rhythm and of course Pranoi didn't leave anything um, for Axelsen to to work with. It's um, yeah, it was just uh, something else. 
So I thought that, okay, Pernoy is in good shape. He will obviously be in the final and he will probably win. But then I looked at the other semi quarterfinals where um, I realized, okay, so Antonsen is, is playing insane. You know, he's, been, he's, he's beat uh, Lee Si Jia, he's beaten Aung Si Jung. Like, uh, no, what's, what's his call? Uh, I can't pronounce his name. It's another Malaysian player who beat Axelsen in... Uh, in, I think it was the All England. Yeah, yeah, it was Axelsen's first loss this year, I think, in All England. And, uh, you know, Anderson just played insanely good from um, uh, from the start. And I think that um, he, of, of course, they got a bit lucky that, uh, uh, that um, what's his name? Uh, Anthony Ginting pulled out because of his... Um, uh, really tragic loss of his mother um, so he he pulled out of the tournament so for the players in that part of the draw they were of course really uh, uh, they got a great opportunity because Ginting is is a great player of course he's number two seed and he's uh, he's always good so he um, so you know I thought that Anson got a okay draw but really tough so he beats the first Malaysian player, uh, Ang Tse Jung, which is really close to Ang Tse Jung when I when I'm trying to pronounce it. Then he gets to the to the round of sixteen and he's playing against uh, Lee Si Jia, which is uh, you know, Lee Si Jia has been playing really bad, um, to be honest, the the past uh, almost for a year I think. Like he's been do he played some great matches sometimes. You know he's he's one of the best players um, sometimes. But he's, he's lacking a bit of consistency. But yeah, so, okay, so so Anderson wins that match and I'm like, okay, okay, this is, this is great. Now he's going to play against the, one of the Japanese players, Nishimoto or Sunyama. And, uh, you know, he's been struggling a bit with the, with those players uh, here and there the last two years uh, or at least one year back. But, he, you know, he just destroys Nishimoto and I was so surprised when I watched it. So I was like, okay, if he's playing this good, I think that he, he's a player that can beat uh, Naraoka, but it has to be, he needs to win the first game. Um, because Naraoka is just too, how do you say, he will just make Anson run too much. It, it, Anson won't have the stamina to, to, um, to beat him in three tough games if he, if he loses a close first. So he, he, he has a couple of game points, but then unfortunately loses. But I thought that Anson was going to go to the finals against uh, Pranoi. Now the opposite happened, so Naraoka is in the final against Vitica. And these are the three and four seeds in the tournament. Uh, hoping I'm not get, getting that wrong. They should be at least. Um, and they have played a lot of many times before. You know, they have um, they've been playing the junior circuit together, or not together, but uh, against each other. They, for instance, they played each other in the two thousand and eighteen Junior World Championship final, where Kunlovit just won so easy. He um, it was 21-9, I think it was. It was not even close, and then. Um, in 2017, that in in the same tournament they they didn't face each other, 
because Kodai lost in the semifinals against um, a Malaysian player uh, who then lost to, to Vitesan. So Vitesan has now won two times, you know, 2017-2018 and he wins that third time in 2019. So he has three Junior World Championship titles which is just insane to have. And of course Vidisan was in the final last year and lost against um, the player I thought would win which is Victor Axelsson. And it was... Uh, yes, that match wasn't... it wasn't that close. It was um, very clear who was going to win that match. So, um, so the the match started and I was thinking that okay, so Koda is probably the favorite in this match. He's been playing some really good tournaments lately, and I think that he is um, he's the player to beat. And the first set is it's. I think the first set was like 45 minutes or something crazy like that. In part because of the rallies that were so long. They um, um, not always with the highest quality because the, the players were sometimes just playing clears against each other, not trying to win the rally. Uh, but some really good badminton was played and uh, during some dives, uh, Vitetsan was, uh, he scraped his knee and his finger so it got blood on the court and there was a bit of confusion. Uh, about wiping it up and then that 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 took a few minutes and um, from there on it was just <laughs> it was a bloodbath because they they cons I don't remember how many times they had to go on court with some sort of a um, solution just to, uh, like some uh, antibacterial or something to to wipe the blood off because of course it's uh, it's not allowed to play in uh, in uh, um, those conditions where there's uh, uh, blood on the court or open wounds or anything like that. So yeah, that set was extremely long. And then the second set begin and it's, uh, you know, the Kodai won the first, so he's feeling a bit more comfortable. They're playing the long rallies and something happens where Kodai is, is just not, like of course he's tired, but he's not trying to, um, He's not trying to win basically, he's just playing the long shots, just uh, just playing his, you know, because he's a, he's a such a good defensive player and the arenas are very big so of course the shuttle is going quite slow and um, he was just getting everything back so so Vitesan of course he can't attack because that would mean that he's losing too much energy because of Kodai's amazing uh, defensive skills. So they were starting to, to play some clear and it, it looked like they were warming up basically. It was no, no real movement, they were walking on the court and the crowd started to boo, um, uh, especially on uh, Kodai because he wasn't trying anymore. And uh, that went on like someone was shouting boring during the, the, the rally and you know it was uh, kind of a chaos and I saw some comments on the YouTube uh, video that said that it was disrespectful and it's a horrible crowd and and so on but from the perspective of, of being there and being in the crowd it was it's more disrespectful for a player that's in the world championship final to just not give like he doesn't 
like he he's playing like he doesn't care that's also kind of disrespectful so i don't think you should boo players but of it's something that we see happen many times because it's um um it's not something that the fans want to see and it's uh, it's it's not allowed to to not play <laughs> like that basically so uh, for instance we there are a lot of examples in um, in men's doubles where um, they try to win the rally but then it, it gets too long and the shuttle gets too too slow so they can't really smash players clearing to each other because they understand that they can't finish the rally so he's trying to make the other uh, player make mistakes uh, or the other pair makes mistakes i think that in the all england final of 2000 and probably 13 i would say um 12 or 13 uh I, with uh Jung sung and Lee Jung day against uh, fuai fang and kai jun uh the crowd were booing as well there um there's been sometimes in other tournaments where um where players being booed out because they they they're not trying but what happens is and i think that is quite crucial because the crowd understands that uh, Kunla Vitsan was trying to win. Like he was trying to, to play, but he's of course he's smart, so he has to be tactical about it. He can't waste waste too much en too much energy. So uh, so the crowd gets uh, gets behind Kunla Vitsan, and when the arena shifts, it's um, you know first it's kind of neutral. You know everyone's just hoping for a great match. But then when people understand that Koda is not trying to win and it's not playing uh, an enjoyable game, then everyone starts to, to cheer for Kunlovit. And um, I think that was um, a part of the, uh, of the story why he won actually. Because there were some amazing rallies and um, and I understand why Vitesan got his three Junior World Championship gold medals. Um, but I think that, um, you know, he, he kind of won the Danish crowd. And I think that's just a huge factor because everyone was hoping that he would win or at least that Kodai would lose uh, since Vitesan was trying to win the match. Now, I'm... Um, I'm really impressed by, by the level and I hope to see many more matches between the two players. Um, hopefully it's not the same long duels because I, it was quite a lot to watch uh, a match go one hour and 49 minutes. But of course some of that was because of the, the necessity for cleaning up the, the court. And the last match of the day and the match I was looking forward to the most because on Saturday I was not in the arena. I was uh, going around in Copenhagen with my girlfriend and um, uh, I, I saw that the, the Danes, I didn't think that uh, Kim Astrup and Anders Rasmussen were, was, uh, you know, they, they haven't had the best, uh, of course they come, they come from two great tournaments in, uh, in America and, and Canada where they played really good. I think they won both. I don't actually remember, I, I don't really remember everything um, uh, about the results, but I, I know that they just played uh, some good tournaments. Yeah, they won uh, Canada Open. They won the European games. 
they played not that well in Japan Open, but they they were playing in an arena which of course they had the the Danish crowd behind them, um, and the arena was quite slow, which meant that they um, they are a pair that you know they doesn't have the biggest smash. They it's not like they have a Fuer Fung or a Wang Jilin. It's um, it's not like that. So they are really good at taking the net and you know just uh, uh, play really tactically, being good at deceptions and and so on. And um, I wasn't expecting them to to get past the the quarterfinal stage. I think that they they must have played one of the best tournaments they ever played. And uh, you know when I saw them, uh, when I saw that they were gonna play in the in the semifinals, I thought that okay, so they're gonna lose to the uh, to the Chinese pair. Of course, they're gonna lose to the Chinese pair because they are um, very likely to to win their whole tournament. And I thought that uh, even against you know okay, so let's just go through the the whole thing. So the first round they get a bye, so they have the in the second round they play against uh, Dunn and Hall, which they win easily. Then they, they're facing a very good couple from Malaysia, which is Ong and Tio, which is um, it's a really good pair, you know, they uh, are eight in the world, so it's um, it's a really tough match. But Astrobar Smusan just wins it in two straight games, kind of easy. And this, uh, then they go move on to the quarterfinals and they play against a pair that I, I thought was gonna be uh, kind of going for the win. Um, but they win in two straight games and I'm like, okay, so they're in the semifinals, but now it has to stop. You know, they, they can't keep winning these matches because now they're up against Liang Wang, who has, uh, you know, they won the Thailand Open, the India Open, they were runners up at Singapore Open. They are a new young pair from China, which is, um, uh, yeah, and they have just been playing so great. And I'm like, we were walking in, in Copenhagen and I watched, okay, so, so the, um, the Chinese win the first game, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of expected. I think it's over. Then I see that the Danes win the second game and I'm like, okay, so we need to stop now. I need to watch the, f the end of the, of the third game. And like, I'm, I'm witnessing like something extra, like I've never seen uh, anything like it. You know, it's, uh, they are playing so good. And, you know, like I was kind of shouting in, in the middle of the street when they won. Uh, and I thought that was gone that they were gonna face uh, <coughs> uh, RNG and So Yik, but uh, no, the, instead they faced the Koreans in the final. But I was looking forward to to the to the match so much, and I, I think that it's okay. The my favorites or like the the pair I thought was gonna win the final were uh, the Koreans because um, you know they're better ranked and. Um, they are. Uh, they have been also playing extremely well the the tournament. And but you know when you when you get into in the arena and you you know at the first I think that it was uh, Rasmussen who just um, 
put his racket up before we could see their faces uh, when the player presentations came. You know, like the, the arena, was, it was such a high <laughs> high level of, uh, of sound level. It was um, like you, uh, you couldn't believe it. It was, it was insane. And, you know, even when they were warming up, it was like they were playing the match. You know, they were cheering um, it with every smash and it was, it was crazy. And then <clears throat> in the first game, uh, I can comfortably say that it was the best game of badminton that uh, Astro Rasmussen has ever played. They were, like, the way they took the net, it was perfect. You couldn't do anything about it. They were just playing so so well. They got everything back. Uh, it was crazy. And then it was close in the in the up to the middle of the uh, the late part of of the second game. And then in the third game, like there were some amazing rallies and the the crowd was just going crazy. And I, I really thought that they they could win, but it, it also felt like really really difficult. And I didn't actually didn't think that they were gonna have a chance in the second game um, if they lost the first. But uh, I'm I'm happy that we were wrong about that. But so the Danish pair, you know, they they played the tactics so well. It's a slow arena. Just take the net, uh, close it down. But the Koreans found uh, an answer, and in that, Seo Sung Jae created history. Um, and uh, I think it's, I don't remember how how many years ago it was that someone played uh, two World Championship finals and winning both of them. I think it was like 24 years ago or something like that. And, you know, I, I didn't have a voice when, when I got when the match was finished because you know you've been screaming so much and it was it was such so much energy in the arena and of course the 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 temperature in the arena was really getting uh, high when uh, um when um um when the days were days were playing and i it would just have been such an amazing thing to see uh, another danish player in the finals or a danish player winning there was uh, a part of me that thought that um, we might see Christiansen and Boye because they were also playing so good at that tournament. They, um, uh, yeah, they were just playing so good. And um, uh, Mia Blickfeld, you know, she can play really good. Now it's uh, like it's she hasn't been in in her top form for a couple of months or maybe a year. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was just such an amazing tournament, and I'm uh, I'm re it made me really really want to focus a lot on this podcast, creating a lot of uh, free uh, training programs and free uh, stuff for you guys to um, to to make sure that you might play in the final one day, um, and just uh, I think I brainstormed. To about like 35 different badminton uh, uh, related ebooks and uh, training programs and so uh, and so forth yesterday actually and I'm, I'm gonna start writing on on um, uh, two of them now because the next episode will be about how to to plan your tournaments uh, like the tournament planning for the coming year because um, it's um, 
it's something I know that I did so wrong in my career and I think that a lot of people people are doing it wrong with just um, like entering a tournament and then this will sound really wrong when I say it, but people just like enter a tournament and then do everything they can to win in the in the short term. Uh, and what I mean and why that is negative is because when you're focused on winning, you're only playing to your strengths and you are not trying to, to try out some new things. You are just trying to to win the match, which, which is something you, you need to, to be really good at doing. But if you're only playing one style, you will suffer in the long term because you won't understand um, how to, you know, sometimes you play against a player who's, um, let's, let's say that you're, okay, let's take me for an example. When I played, my, uh, my focus was singles and what I was good at was just hitting the shuttle down, like being offensive and and just trying to score with a smash or or something downwards and that worked against a few a few players and uh, it worked sometimes but when i played against someone with uh, who just had a good day at just playing defensively or who could read my shots or uh, who who made me run a lot because I, I didn't have great endurance when i played against those players i didn't like i couldn't do anything different you know i I didn't have a good uh, foundation of, of balance because I could I could smash and I could follow up, uh, but I didn't have um, a lot of different things. So what I would have wished to do was to enter the tournament, maybe go down a, a class or a uh, depending on. I think that class is, is something you have in, in every class, different classes. So in Sweden we have. Uh, C, B, A and Elite so Elite is the highest and then A is, is just beneath and B and C so depending on how many points you have you can sometimes enter into let's say an A class tournament or sometimes an Elite tournament so uh, it depends on how many points you have what I would have wanted to do was to go down a, a class or just to play my regular class and just try to, uh, to win with a different tactic so you know, working. Uh, let's say that you work for one month on on endurance or on uh, uh, on on. It it could also be a new shot or a new tactic. But let's say that you decide that okay, so I'm gonna play a bit more defensively. I'm gonna play play a bit more. Um, uh, yeah, a, a bit more passively or, or a bit more um, controlled. Let's say, just work on that on on uh, in the. Um, in the training sessions and then on the tournament like try to implement it in in a match match situation i didn't do that and i'm i'm really regretting not doing that so so something like like that is uh, it's going to be a lot more than what i just said in the next episode but just remember that next week we will talk about how to plan um, your tournaments to to actually get um, get to the highest level that you can thank you so much for listening to this episode i'll talk to you next time bye